The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today. Jeff, I'm not Freddie, Fantasy Sports Today, Fantasy Sports, Fantasy Baseball uh, Podcast. Woo, off to a flying start today. <laughs> uh, Jeff Erickson and Fred Zinke here, uh, maybe doing a little too much media, who knows. Uh, but uh, Fred, uh, your Toronto Blue Jays are on fire. Uh, they are, you know, everybody in the AL East is here in footsteps. The uh, Red Sox are kind of imploding at the same time. I saw a really cool stat from Mike Petriello. He was talking about during this uh, Jay streak about how few high leverage innings the relievers yeah. have had to pitch lately. Uh, and they've refurbished their bullpen a little bit, but it helps a bullpen that doesn't get taxed too hard too. For sure. And that'll be the big test is when they get into some close games. I mean, they had some close games with the Red Sox on the weekend, but um, yeah, as they get into close games, especially a, a, a stretch where maybe they have like four in a row and they have to really dip in. They can't just use Romano every time. Um, it'll be, you know, how do they hold up from that? But it's been really exciting. Sunday's win, comeback win over the Red Sox, probably my favorite Blue Jays game in the past couple of years. Yeah. With the Springer homer. That one was great. I think they were down seven two. I I followed that one you know, all the way for four plus hours. So that was really good. I think everybody all season has been looking at the Blue Jays and their lineup and their starting pitching, which has been pretty good. And their run differential, which is really high and thinking like, this is a playoff team. They, I, when you just look at them on paper and you look at that run differential, you think this is a playoff team. Yeah. So to see them finally playing like it, and they have to make up some ground still, but not that much to get to a wild card. I think it's down to three games to get to either wild card spot now, um, like the A's or the Red Sox. So, and that's very manageable with what's left in the season. So they head out west now, doubleheader today. Yeah. Uh, the West Coast is not always kind to the Blue Jays, I find, over the years. And so we'll see how it goes. They're not facing a lot of the West Coast Giants or anything like the best team, not the Giants, but the best teams out there. These are games they should be able to win. They should be able to win a series against the Angels, win a series against the Mariners. So hopefully they traveled well, and we'll see how they do today. And the Mariners series, I mean, that's, yeah, they get a chance to kind of eliminate one of the uh, mm -hmm. wild card opponents, uh, if you will. They're kind of fading back a little bit anyways, yeah. but take care of business here. Now, I always remember the Toronto-Seattle series always used to be heavily attended by Jays fans yeah. for uh, 
you know, those people dropping down from BC and Alberta and things like that. Well, Alberta's not that close, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. From the western part of Canada, I guess it's mostly BC. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I do remember every time I used to watch it. I don't know if they can do that now. Uh, what you know, it'll be travel. Lim- you know, I know the travel. You know, is a little bit easier now than it used to be, but still. There will be yeah, very few, I'd say very few Jays fans at those games because they're still, I think we haven't even got to the point where if you're fully vaccinated, you can come back in the country and not quarantine. I, I think they self-quarantine for some amount of time gotcha. across the border. So I, I would say, they, the, yeah, the Jays won't get that that away but home field bump when they're in Seattle. But see, I mean, Seattle's not on my radar as a team the Blue Jays have to get ahead of. I've always maintained that if the Blue Jays finish behind Seattle, like they like they're going to be behind a bunch of other teams, right? There'll be other problems. Won't be the wild card team. So I've got you know the A's, Red Sox, and Yankees. They've got to get in front of two of them to get that wild card spot at least. I don't know if they can catch Tampa, but just because Tampa's just they're just so annoying, but they're so tough. Like <laughs> they don't have they don't have nine game losing losing streaks where you can catch them or or anything. So. And I find the Blue Jays can never have a series where they sweep Tampa. Tampa always plays them so tough. And, you know, those series are always close. But anyways, yeah, two out of three out of out of Boston, New York and Oakland. That's the goal. Yeah. And maybe uh, maybe it's Houston in the end, although I don't think so. I think Houston's really, really good, although Oakland's not that far behind them. No, uh, Houston's had a little rough stretch. The A's have gained some games on them. Mm-hmm. I think they're down. Uh-huh. It's down to two and a half in that division. Uh, I, I saw the Houston beat, one of the Houston beat writers uh, did a p- picture of the standings. Goes objects in the mirror may, may be closer than I they appear. Yeah, yeah, Brian McTaggart, I think it yeah, was. That, that was. That's that was right. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's as that was a really good tweet. So yeah, I, I just I think the or the uh, I think the Astros are really good. I thought that all season they're. Their pitching is crazy deep. Their lineup is as good as any team's. I just can't see it, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I mean, one good series for the A's, one sweep of the Astros, and all of a sudden they're there. So we'll see. I just think the Astros are going to be in the playoffs no matter what. So, yeah, I, I really think I think the A's have a pretty good chance too. I think catching Boston and the Yankees is maybe the best plan for the Jays. They play them so they mm-hmm. can beat them and. I don't know. I've never believed totally in this Red Sox rotation. I know they're getting sale back, but right. we'll see what sales like. I think sometimes we forget that sale was pretty inconsistent before this injury. Like, like in the last, but, we had that year where he was like, where we mm-hmm. kept saying like, he's way he's outperforming his, uh, his uh, actual ERA by so much, but I don't know. I, I, sale will probably be good. Actually, I guess when I say inconsistent, yeah, that last season he had the 440 ERA. And right. the 343 FIP. So like sales going to come back. He's going to help. I don't know how much he'll help. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I just don't see him coming back and being like vintage White Sox, Chris sale right from the get go. Yeah. I wonder about that too. And uh, you know, the thing is, was that because was he pitching that way because he was pitching hurt, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, was know. he compromised that that's always mm-hmm. the thing I always questioned, but mm-hmm. So uh, I, but yeah, I mean, he comes back on Saturday. I'm excited to see him. Yep. You have him. Of course you're going to use him. Uh, you know, why would you hold on to him all this time and then not use him, especially yep. when you only have six weeks left. And, and also because the other options are all really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's the other thing that I've noticed is just trying to find options to stream right now. It's just a miserable experience. I know there are teams that you can stream against and you get lucky every once in a while. Like I actually stole two wins out of Brett Anderson a couple of weeks ago and Perfect. that was fun. But, uh, yeah, you can't count on that all two, the time. Probably two wins and four strikeouts or something that week out of Brett Anderson. Yeah, but yeah. you know, if you're need, you need know, it, 
Yeah. Wins are such a currency right now. And they're yep. going to be, and, 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 as everybody has said, it's going to get harder and harder to find. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I've, I, I think with some of my teams, I'm going to transition towards using more good setup men and fewer sketchy starters down the stretch, because even the sketchy starters are going to be harder to find. I was just going to ask you, are, uh, maybe you use some more middle relievers. Uh, you know, Brent Suter's got 11 wins so far uh, for the Brewers. I mean, that, that he started a couple of games, but for the most part, not, not so much. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to look at, I, I was talking actually just this morning with Jeff Zimmerman about this, that I'm interested to look at middle reliever win totals after the season compared yeah. to the win totals for these like not very good, like there's just some pitchers I've been throwing out for one start weeks, Colby Allard, Jose Suarez, some of these guys who aren't very good. So you get a yeah. one start week. Like, so if you use those guys for one start week, so for that last pitching spot, I'm talking a lot of 15 team leagues. I think 12s are a little different, but man, in a 15 team league, like, like a, a year of one start from those guys, like how many wins are you getting? Are you only getting eight or nine? And then, and then, you know, how many strikeouts are you getting per start? Like four or five? And could I come really close to that amount of wins and that amount of strikeouts from a good middle reliever? Um, I picked up Devin Williams in multiple 15-team leagues on the weekend. And and paid – I didn't pay a lot, but I paid like, like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Like enough. Like not just a $1, sure, I'll take him. Um, for example, he – like he's – to me, he looks pretty back. Like he hasn't given – Yeah, I, think I agree. Last, Last run allowed was June 23rd strikeout rates back to being crazy high. Um, he's got six wins this year. Uh, he could get the odd save until hater comes back and then probably not. But um, yeah, I just feel like it, it, like the rest. Okay. So he's got six wins this year. Could I get, if I use them the rest of the way, could I get three more wins? And am I going to get more than three wins from using guys like Jose Suarez or Colby Allard or those types of pitchers who aren't very good in my last pitching spot for one start weeks? Am I going to get more than three wins in the last, whatever we got left, eight weeks or so? I think I might get the same amount with Devin Williams. I'm not sure, but I think I might. I'm pretty close to the same amount of strikeouts. And better ratios too. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I'm impressed, A, that you did it. B, that there's uh that he was available actually too i would have thought that he was already rostered but that i guess that's the thing you got to find yeah out he'd been dropped in a lot of leagues at the beginning of the year right because he had been so he was bad at the start of the year yeah he was so and, and he's not and he had a brief il stint too in uh just a couple weeks ago in july like just the, the, right. the minimum but th- those things plus he's not getting saves and he's never going to get them in any great amount with once hater comes back so i think people just felt like you know, he's replaceable. I can get a different middle reliever. So I, I don't know. I just, I think some of those guys, I had Gallegos earlier this year. He kind of took a turn for the worst. So I don't have many more. I had Antone earlier this year. Mm-hmm. If, you can, if you can get seven or eight wins out of those relievers, um, it could be worthwhile. Remember when we did the, um, the drafts, the retro drafts during COVID with yeah. the retro drafts. I really noticed that during certain eras, I couldn't believe how many wins some of the relief pitchers got. Oh, right. For sure. Yeah. Well, so, I was, maybe, I just go maybe. back to last year when we were drafting too. How many times, you know, how much did we boost up some of those setup guys, the Seth mm-hmm. Lugos of the world, uh, knowing that they're ramping up too. Uh, yeah. And that's, and as we've seen, that's in a lot of teams, that's the new reality. They go four innings, you know, they chase Tingler's out there just messing with our brain the whole time there. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it's tough. It's really tough. 
Uh, so yeah. uh, it's really tricky to try to get the time that right. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface. Money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from the sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free Bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet right now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. All right. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Uh, Fred, we've been talking about uh, wins and all that. The other thing we need to talk about is just handling injured players. Now, we got some news on some guys. Luis Robert is back. The White Sox are pretty much at full capacity. Eloy Jimenez has had two monster games in a row now. Uh, he's, you know, that's a heck of a late season boost if you held on to him all this time. Oh yeah, absolutely. That lineup is, is scary. Good. Um, Robert was hitting low in the lineup. I forget the exact spot, but I'm going to say seventh, uh, last night. So, you know, that may hinder him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I mean, somebody in some of the leagues, you could have grabbed Jimenez and Robert maybe three weeks ago and stash them both. And now you've got two guys who were in the top four rounds. Some, mm -hmm. some drafts, the top three rounds of, of our, especially in 15 team leagues uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, Robert, I felt like Jimenez was a little bit of a safer return than Robert. I feel like he's yeah. a better hitter. Like he's a more consistent hitter. I know he's not a big walker, but, but Robert is, can kind of be all over the place, like really explosive some, some weeks. And then, totally zeros the next week so we'll see how robert responds from the long layoff but i don't know he's young i think i think he should be fine i think both of these guys could help to swing leagues down the stretch i'd agree with that um mm -hmm. and i agree with your assessment about Jimenez versus robert too uh we talked scott and i talked about a little bit on sunday but fernando tatis jr he's coming back when he comes back he's going to go to the outfield probably center field uh they'll probably play cronenworth at shortstop most of the time hassan kim will get a little a few reps here and there uh, with Adam Frazier playing second base. That's how they're going to resolve the uh, playing time crunch. Unfortunately, that means in the outfield, Trent Grisham, Will Myers, and uh, Tommy Pham, they're all going to have to kind of fight for playing time. Yep, because you're not sitting Tatis. I mean, they could sit him once a week if they want to rest his shoulder, although I don't think what's going on with his shoulder is the kind of thing where a day or two off a week is going to really matter. Like I think no. he's, he's just, you just, I would, he's the best hitter in the national league. Like just play him every day. It's not going to really matter if you want to give him one day off a week or something. And, and they're in a race now. So I think you need him in the lineup. So yeah, I think the, I think the, yeah, the losers here, I mean, Grisham may be sitting against lefties, although I yeah. guess, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, and then yeah, Fam and Myers will have to take turns sitting against righties. It's really good news for Frazier. I think that's the, to me, that's the one, because when he got traded to the Padres, he's having a really nice season with the pirates and it was like, okay, well this could be good for him because he's joining a better lineup, but it could also be bad for him because that lineup is so crowded that I don't know where he's going to play, but if they're down an infielder, uh, then the, uh, the spot's obvious. Like, like you said, like Cronenworth a shortstop and he's at second base and Kim barely plays and um, probably good news for Eric Hosmer too. 
just because it frees up now. Cronenworth doesn't need to go to first base ever and push Hosmer to the bench. So I think it's probably good news for all those infielders. And like we said, bad news for probably mostly Fam and Myers. I mean, I, I guess Grisham a bit, although he's not great against like lefties anyway. So, you know, so, uh, you know, maybe right. it's not, not a total killer. Like if they have him out of the lineup those days or at least start the game on the bench. Yeah. You could pinch hit later. So, yeah. And, and Fam and Myers, I mean, they're, they're virtually identical in, you know, OPS. One, 749, 750. Myers has yeah. really regressed back to 2018 form. And, and the thing is, you look at 2019, it was two months worth of stats. Of course he's going to regress. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just looked up Grisham and I didn't realize this. So Grisham has been much better against lefties this year than against righties. The really? sample size is decent. Yeah, like much like over 100 OPS points, almost mm-hmm. 150. Uh, 913 is OPS against righties this year or lefties this year. And that has swung it so that his career OPS now against lefties is better than his OPS against righties. So maybe Grisham, I don't know. I'm The Padres front office is fairly... Uh, analytical. We'll see. Maybe that maybe that keeps him in the lineup. Like he's been better against lefties and better against righties than Fam. Like in both right. situations. Like I don't know. May, maybe maybe Fam ends up being the more the loser. Like Fam and, and Myers. Maybe Krisham managed to most managed to sustain this. Myers actually has been the worst of all of them against lefties. So sitting Myers against lefties, even though he's a right-handed bat, I guess would make sense right now. Uh, you know, if you believe in that hundred plate appearance, roughly sample size. So any, anyways, we'll, we'll see, but it's going to be crowded. Um, I don't know. When do you think Tatis will be back? So he's swinging a bat right now. I don't think he needs a minor league rehab assignment. Do you, right. I think he's back in a week. I think so. I mean, I, it's, it's, they've been kind of a little tight to the vest about information about that. Right. And, but yeah, seem, seems reasonable. Uh, you know, I, I just I think some of it might be like how quickly does he adapt to play in the outfield? I mean, I, I don't think it'll take him very long, but they no. also don't want to like put him out there where he, he lunges awkwardly for a ball and then really damages it. I think yep. they're gonna be telling him, Okay, don't dive for anything. Good luck telling him to do that. They but, should, they uh, should though. Yeah. Like like that he's the key to them. Okay, selfishly, he's also the key to me potentially winning Tetris, so I need him to not dive for anything. But, okay, there you go. But also, he's the key to them getting in the playoffs and, and making any noise in the playoffs. I think they, yeah, he's so athletic that I just, I assume he will just naturally be fine in the yeah. field. And then, like you said, like, I think you tell him, like, you're not diving for any balls, maybe like ninth inning or something, but basically you're not diving, even that, you're not diving for any balls. So, like, we need you in the lineup. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. And I, I get it at shortstop. It's just not the same. Like you need to pick ground balls wherever you can get your hands on them and try to get, get guys out. You can't tell a shortstop really to just not give it his all to, to not dive for balls. Like I, that just is part of playing shortstop, but I think you could tell an outfielder, like run as fast as you can and reach your glove out. If you don't get it, then pick it up and throw it in. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Uh, the New York Yankees have like three starters left. Everybody else is hurt or on the COVID IL. Uh, they're, they're really scraping by. Aroldis Chapman's uh, is, is on the IL. Uh, you know, yet they're still they're still a contender. I mean, that's the thing you can't complete. You can't write them off. They they took care of business against some weak teams. They're they're playing the Royals right now, for that matter. Uh, but yeah, are they they might get and there's they're twelve games over five hundred. They're only two games out in the wild card. Six games out in the division. One game over your Blue Jays. So they're they're mm-hmm. still in the thick of things. But, uh, you know, you know, 
I guess they'll get Cole back probably later this week. This weekend, also, I would think. Yeah. They might also get uh, a couple other guys back. They might also get Corey Kluber and Luis Severino back. We keep hearing about yeah. Severino. He's going to make another rehab start on Friday. That's right. And Kluber, I believe, is starting a rehab assignment this week. So they should have both of them back. Like maybe Kluber at the end of the month, maybe Severino a little bit before that. Um, right. Those two guys may swing swing a lot. Although once they get Cole back, yeah, I don't know. Andrew Haney must have heard us talking about him last week because he had a nice start last time out. Then they got a win. Um, yeah, I, I I can see how they're hanging. Around. There's certainly potential in the Yankees. Now they're without Glaber Torres for 10 to 20 days. Not that he's been really moving the needle like that much. Right for the Yankees, it's not like he's been driving their lineup. It's it, it's a really interesting team in that they're like Joey Gallo hasn't done anything since they got him. That was a trade where everyone was really excited and thought, oh my gosh, he's going to hit home runs like crazy for the Yankees. And it's so early; he probably will at some point, but he hasn't yet. So they're hanging around. They're winning close games. The bullpen's been pretty good outside of that week where Chapman really struggled in early July. But Loizaga and Green have generally been good. Chapman's been good outside of that one week. They've got Zach Britton back now. He hasn't been good, but he still gets his ground balls. He's still been okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're an interesting team right now. They, they don't have a lot of players that scare me that much at the moment, but they're pretty deep, I guess. Yeah, they are. Um, and so, you know, they, they've been able to get by. And they, they, that's not the first time they've been able to pull that off is get by mm-hmm. in depth. But yep. uh, how interested are you in Kluber when he comes back? I, I'm not. Not really. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. 15-team uh, league, I would pick him up. 12. No, I don't I don't even think I would. Would you? I wouldn't. No. I, I, I mean, I... I guess it depends on like who he's starting against. Uh, maybe if I, f- I see he's got a weak opponent and he's facing Baltimore or something like that, then right. yeah, I'd go for it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But, but like you said, like with the weaker opponent, I haven't looked at the Yankees September schedule, but you have to assume it's got at least one and if not two series against each of the Rays, Red Sox and, and Blue Jays. So that's a, like a bit of an uphill battle for him. Right. Hey, we don't have, we haven't had a no hitter in a while. Uh, speaking true. of Kluber, uh, we're, we're due. Although I think, you know, since the crackdown and grip enhancement, yeah, maybe we won't be. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember at the beginning of the year when we had that week of no hitters or whatever it was and everyone yeah, yeah. said, Oh yeah, they're so boring now. We're going to have them all the time. And yeah. um, yeah, now they, uh, now, you know, it turns out that that was just a really good week or a couple of weeks of no hitters. Yeah. We, we almost had an Edwin Jackson special the other, a couple of weeks ago with like high walk, high walks and a no hitter, but uh, yeah. I haven't done that. So uh, lately there. So yeah. Um, uh, Let's let's before we get into uh, the cutting in, injured stars, let's uh, do a quick note from our sponsor, Thrive. NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 guaranteed for NFL Week 1. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Up to $100. And three, pay, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. That's all. Easy peasy, mac and cheesy. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your article that went up on Yahoo uh, that you said was inspired by Field Assault about cutting J- Jacob deGrom. Uh, and whether you should drop an injury starter. I mean, here it is. Today is August 10th. Uh, we've got about uh, th- three days into October, so about uh, seven more weeks of the season. 
Uh, not much time left. If a guy's going to miss four or five of those weeks, does it make sense to cut him? Yeah, and I and I think it does. I said to you before we started recording that uh, that what prompted the article, other than Phil's move, was noticing that Degrom was still ninety nine percent rostered in Yahoo leagues, and those leagues have small benches, usually three benches and two IL spots. Those are the default rankings there. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but most of my teams have two injured players plus. So, uh, so you know, Degrom's sitting on people's benches, not their IL slots for, for right. some people, or he's pushing someone else to that spot. So you're using up a really, they have small benches, even in the NFBC though, where your bench, like you have seven, but you probably have, like I said, two or three injured players. So your bench is really more like four or five. Um, You know, I think Phil's point of like, it it depends on your team and how tight you are in ratios and how much maybe every win might matter, but, or, or something, but like, what are you holding him for? If we're looking at a September return, are you holding him for like four, four starts and are all four of those starts going to be five innings? Um, or could the first one be less than five innings? I don't, I will see, but are you holding DeGrom for four starts or would you like to start streaming the spot? He decided to start streaming the spot. As I said to you, before we start recording, Phil has the kind of track record where you can make gutsy moves and believe in yourself. Whereas I think a lot of people have these teams, fantasy baseball teams are looking around at what others are doing and, and saying, you know, Oh, okay. Okay. Everyone's dropping DeGrom. Okay. I, I should consider dropping DeGrom. Phil, Phil can go ahead and just be the trendsetter. So in basically the, what you're saying is you, the listener, are not good enough to do this. Only Phil is. <laughs> Only Phil is. And that might include you and me. But yeah. um, I, I, but it takes guts to make a move like that. Because yeah. what if no one else is doing it? Anything in society, if you're going to do something no one else is doing, that takes a certain guts and confidence. And, and Phil has earned that by having success. But then I started looking through the ownership percentages. And I know there's a lot of dead Yahoo leagues at this point in the year. Or did, at least not dead leagues, but dead teams that are yeah. just not being managed. But when you look at like now, should Clayton Kershaw be dropped? I think that one's like almost an easy, I think he's almost an easy yes now. Oh, I, it's not even close. He's a yeah. lot easier to drop. I think yeah. than at least than DeGrom. I mean, mm-hmm. we just didn't with DeGrom and we just spent a, you know, a segment discussing like, okay, picking up guys that are, you know, streaming middle relievers cause they have a better chance of getting a win. Uh, well, you know, that also applies to like, getting DeGrom's ratios, getting his Ks. I mean, even if he pitches three or four innings, you're still getting great ratios in Ks. So I think it's, you know, he he's a, he's a much more difficult decision in, as my, in my, my eyes, at least. Yes, I think, I think so too. And then that got me thinking about even some position players like Francisco Lindor. So he's, I haven't seen him on waivers in any of my leagues. Um, we're looking now probably at late August for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and my comment on him was, uh, he's hurt your batting average all season. I know he picked it up a bit, but like it's hard to expect a helpful body batting average from the rest of the way. And his power level this season is like, you could pretty much most leagues. You could probably find someone on waivers who could replace that power. I think he had 11 homers when he went on the IL, like you can probably find someone who can replace that power. So now you're basically holding him. You're holding him in hopes that he steals some bases in September, I guess. Like that's really like, that's where he can help you. Um, I think in a 12, I don't know if in a 15, if I could bring myself to cut Lindor, but I think in a 12, it's, it's possible that you can just start streaming a spot. Maybe, maybe when the Rockies are home next week, like you find someone who's going to be in Colorado and you're like, Oh, I really want that guy to stream. And I'm just going to start streaming from there. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think you look at that there. 
and think about what the upside is. I, and I can see it there. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, you got some pushback, at least I think on Twitter, about uh, listing uh, in your article Byron Buxton uh, and Alberto Mondesi, the next two guys on your list, mm-hmm. uh, 90 and 89% respectively. Yeah, I mean, with Mondesi, my comment was like, if if you're if you're still waiting for steals, and I have Mondesi in a league where I think that him coming back and potentially stealing, he should be, Mondesi should be back soon. So I think Mondesi coming back, if he comes back, I don't know later this week or something like that, they've already kind of hinted that they're not going to play him every day. Um, they made that comment that even going into next year, they're not sure if they can count on him as an everyday player. Right. That being said, if he could steal even a base a week or 1.5 bases a week for the rest of the season, that for, for certain teams, that could swing it. But if you're holding Mondesi and your steals rate is not, race is not tight, at least for you, like what are you holding him for? Like he's never been a batting average help. He might not be a drain, but he's never been a batting average help. And right. his power and his power again is worse. It's not, it's not even average. It's not a zero, but it's not helpful. So I could see lots of cases where he could be dropped with Buxton. I just, I don't, I haven't really seen like a timetable for him. Like he's, it's, it seems to, I know I, I'm kind of the anti Buxton guy. And I said at the beginning, we talked about him in April that everything was going so well for him. And I said, he is the kind of guy though, who looks like a great pick in April. And right. then, but let's reevaluate in September. So he's taken batting practice. I, I lied about that. He's taken, he took batting practice yesterday. So after I wrote the article, the first kind of new or more news came on him. He's taking batting practice. Like where does that from a fractured hand? Are we looking at the end of August? Probably like, does he need probably two weeks from now before he's up? Like maybe the last week in August, you get him back. I mean, you gotta have a rehab assignment with him, right? Absolutely. Um, it probably so, needs to be like, like probably needs to be like, like four or five or or a week. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Two games. Yeah. You know, I would look to see if this week that he starts a rehab assignment, right. and if and if he does, then you're still getting six weeks of Buxton. Yep. And then I think that would inform my decision. I I kind of think if you haven't cut him by now, you you probably should just hang on to him. That, I can uh, see that for sure. And I am worth talking probably more about NFBC style leagues. My article is a little bit for Yahoo and a lot of those leagues are 10 teams mm-hmm. and, and with daily lineup moves and you could probably get a lot of stats. If he's on your bench in those leagues, not your IL or he's jamming someone else who's hurt onto your bench, like DeGrom or Lindor or something, you probably get a lot of stats by just dropping him and starting to stream, you know, hitters in favorable situations right now. Um, I'm interested right. too, because the twins are out of the race. So to what degree will they rush him back? They don't need to rush him back. And, uh, you know, and will they be even a little bit careful with him down the stretch? He's had multiple injuries this year. Uh, he is really injury prone. Could he be, I don't know. We'll see. Could he be a four or five day a week player down the stretch just to kind of manage him and hopefully get him to the off season healthy? Yeah, I, I think that's possible. And you might look at the same thing with Mondesi too. Mondesi's actually started his minor league rehab assignment. Yeah. He hasn't played every day. He hasn't had a hit yet on it. He's a uh, 4 10 with no walks. So uh, it's a little bit uh, bumpy so far, but yep. uh, you know, we'll see. He might be back in the next week or so. Uh, I mean, again, we, we've seen Mondesi have stretches of, you know, close out with the final month, like last year. He won people leagues that last couple, those last mm-hmm. few weeks. Yep. Same thing in 2018 where he won people weeks with his last month of the season. Yep. It's tantalizing to see the upside there. 
Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. But but for him to win your league, you have to probably have room to move up in steals. Mm-hmm. Like and and if you look at your steals category and you say, "Oh, the next next person ahead of me is 15 steals ahead." Like he's not going to get you. He's not going to catch that guy. So, you have to have you have to have some room to move up and down in steals to want to have modesty. The other thing I wanted to mention on Buxton is like I think with Buxton it all depends how confident you are that he'll be awesome when he gets back. Like he was briefly awesome this year. Yeah. The rest the rest of his career he's been okay. Right? Like like he has a yeah. career 751 OPS. Like so and he's off a long layoff for a hand injury. Like is he gonna if he comes if you wait and wait and he comes back and gives you the 750 or maybe a 790 OPS down the stretch, then he's he's probably wasn't worth the wait. If he can come back and give you a nine hundred, then then he might have been. I mean, it depends wait. on how much he runs still. And you know, yep. Is he going to have to change how he slides? Is he yep. going to? Ha- that that's always always and could, another yeah, question. Could the twins and maybe the twins will again will just say like, look, you're not you're not attempting more than a couple steals down the stretch. Like we're not interested in you having another hand injury, stealing a base in September in a meaningless game, and we're way out of the race. Like it's just we already know you're a fast runner. We can right. work on that stuff. We can deal with that. We already know you know how to steal a base. So there's no need to have you try to steal seven bases in September or something like that. I, I don't know that those are things that, that I, I can't answer that will have to come from those right. twins coaching staff meetings. And, you know, there was, you know, con- contract talks kind of fizzled with him too. Uh, yep. They're trying to, you know, some, I don't know how that plays in everything also there, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. anyways, I think there's some interesting uh, ramifications with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we uh, continue with this list of injured players, whether to keep or cut uh, a quick note from our blue wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back here uh, talking about Fred's list of uh, injured players. Keep or cut. Kyle Schwarber. Okay, he had the hamstring injury. is a pretty severe one when he suffered it. We knew that. When he got traded to the Red Sox, I think there was that expert. He's coming back pretty soon. Okay, then. Uh, well, he he experienced tightness in his left groin, uh, and this was a note that we had on Sunday, 
and will have his rehab work scaled back. He had ramped it up to participate in running and fielding drills before that, but this is going to delay him some. Now, the note said that it's not going to significantly delay, but it's it's a delay nonetheless. And I don't know. I mean, he was on fire when he got hurt, Fred. I mean, yeah, he was killing it for people. When do you expect him back, and what's it worth to you to hold on to him? Right, and I think I think this is a little bit like Buxton, maybe, where we're being swayed heavily. I don't think totally. I think this one's a bigger problem than Buxton. So with Buxton, we always know the potential. Um, with Schwarber, I think we're being heavily swayed by that like unreal home run streak he had in the second half of June. Right. But really, when you look at it, like prior to that, so on June twelfth, he was hitting two sixteen. He's a career 233 hitter. So, and he's coming off a long layoff and he switched teams. I think it's reasonable to say that when he comes back, he's going to hurt your batting average the rest of the way. Um, He's not going to steal any bases. Uh, He'll hit lower in that Red Sox lineup, I would assume, just because the stars at the top, like you're not getting in, you're probably not getting, unless, like, I don't think they're moving anyone out. Like, I know he was hitting leadoff in Washington. I just don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening on the Red Sox. I think that their, their stars are going to be at the top of the lineup. So, so you're kind of looking at a one dimensional power hitter coming back who could hit a bunch of home runs down the stretch, but isn't a lock for it. Like even his career, like last year only hit 11 home runs, like in the, and and he played 59 games. It wasn't like he was hurt last year. He's got a season where he only hit 26. 26 isn't bad, but, but 11 and 59 pro rates into like a 30 homer season. So if you, if you, yeah, if you fully play like every day, yeah, I know. But if, but if Kyle Schwarber's getting you 30 homers at a two thirty batting average, um, how much is a two thirty going to impact your batting average this late in the season though? I don't know. We could in this year's environment for that matter. It'll hurt it a little bit. So again, he, he's almost like a, like a Mondesi on a lower end where it's like, you have to look at your standings. And if you're in a tight homers race or maybe a tight RBIs race, then you, then he's worth waiting for for a couple of weeks. Um, if you're not, then I, I don't see what you're holding on to him for. Also, the Red Sox outfield, like they've brought him in. I don't know. They haven't been hitting well as a team. So I think that'll right. help his chances of getting in the lineup a lot. Like I think he will get in the lineup against like all righties. Uh, I don't see them playing him against lefties, even though he had had I'd some success against lefties this year. I just think they're deep enough with Renfro and things like that. They probably don't need to use him against lefties, but I'm just... I don't know. So I don't. I don't think Schwarber's that good. Like, where, when was Schwarber drafted? Back in March. Was like, what would you say? Like, round. I don't know. 17, 16, 15. I don't know. Something like that. This isn't like a high round pick. This isn't like Mondesi, right? Or Lindor. Uh, I agree. I agree. And so, uh, you know, and I'm I'm pulling up the ADP from the main event. That's a quick way, quick way of sure. uh, checking yeah. that um, because that. But as soon as I just think maybe it, with with Schwarber, we're really really heavily influenced by like two or three great weeks he had. And those weeks are amazing. But like we all know from playing this game a long time that that's like the worst thing you can do is, is take like a two or three example that's, that's heavily skewed his season stats and expect that something like that to happen again. I, when he comes back, I expect him to hit a homer a week, maybe a little more than that. Like maybe a, like 1.25 homers a week. And that's it. I expect him to do that slightly hurt your batting average you know, drive in a few runs. I don't know. I I guess I said, I don't know where he hits in that lineup. I would say against righties, he probably hits like fifth, fifth, fifth or so, something like that. So that's a pretty good spot, but I I can't see him getting any higher than that. Maybe he hits six. I don't know. Something like that. 
Yeah. Good comment from uh, Bogfeller, writes for us for Rotowire, says 230 this year might help your uh, your bad. That's, that's <laughs> if, possible. If, if it helps your league, then you've had a really bad season. But yeah. but maybe for some teams out there, it could. And you do have a good point that like if he's sitting against lefties and it's only a few weeks and he's only one guy in your lineup, like how much will he really impact your batting average? It, that is is definitely a good point. Yeah. By the way, league average batting average. I was looking this up because I have. It's been a while since I looked at league average. League average for this is baseball, not fantasy league average. Is two forty two. Uh, in my main event, fifteen team main event league, uh, the median is two fifty four, uh, with a range of two sixty eight to two forty. So two forty two thirty won't help you, but it, it it certainly won't kill you either. Right. Uh, right. But it, there's there's, but it, it just shows that it the, the standards are lower. They have picked up. I mean, run scoring is kind of creeping back upward, but production is down from last year. Even after, you know, two months of this madness with mm-hmm. not being pitchers, not being able to grip the ball. We've gone from 464. Uh, last year was a 4.64 runs per game to 4.49 uh, from 1.28 homers per game to 1.20. Now in 2019, when we had happy fun ball, it was 4.83 runs per game, uh, 1.39 homers per game. Batting average that year was 252. It was 245 last year. It's 242 this year. So it's still down overall. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's also two months of extreme good pitching, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting how we, yeah, the pitching, like you said, the pitching hasn't dropped off maybe quite as much as as some people thought it would. So, which is good, I think, that it hasn't dropped off to that degree. I think we wanted to see, even the people who wanted to see them clean up the substances thing, like we didn't want to see the pitchers completely fall apart after that. Yep, I agree. I agree. So uh, there you have it uh, as, as far as that goes. Any, okay, let's let's keep going on this list. A couple more guys uh, before we sign off today. Shane Bieber, remember him? Uh, you know, get third pitcher drafted in every draft. Hasn't thrown from a mound yet. Uh, you know, he... You know, he, he's coming back from the shoulder injury. It, it, you know, I don't know if he even comes back at all. I, I, I could, I mean, Cleveland, you know, they're, they're clearly not trying this year. They might, the players that they have are trying, don't mind you, but, you know, as a team, they're not trying to con- compete this year. You can see how they behaved at the deadline. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't blame them for shutting him down. No, absolutely not. And that's why I think he's probably a drop in a lot of leagues. Um, yeah, like you said, he's not even on a mound. So mm-hmm. we're definitely looking at September for him. Yeah. Like he's not going to go from not even on a mound today in three weeks to uh, pitching in the majors. So we're definitely looking at September. I could, I could, like you said, the Indians, they're not going to rush him back They're And, and they're not going to, they're also not going to push him when he comes back. So I could see him coming back in September and making, I don't know, three starts or something like that just to get, Sometimes I find the players do like that just to get their feet wet again before the end of the season, get something positive, but those could be starts. He could come back and make three starts that are all less than five innings where they just put him in for 50 pitches, 60 pitches, something like that. Just get him going again, get him feeling good, get him feeling kind of, kind of normal going into his off season program, but not bring him back and have him throw 85 pitches or something. And if he can't get you a win, like then like almost like what's the point if, in holding yeah. on to him? I know he can strike some batters out, but he can't, if he's throwing three or four innings, he can strike out five or six. That's not really going to make an impact. So I think from the pitchers we've talked about, I think Bieber's probably the first drop and then Kershaw and then DeGrom. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, and hell he's coming back from a shoulder injury. We don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. 
And yes, we haven't yep. seen him pitch with the, the non-grip, you know, yep. environment that for that matter yep. too. Absolutely. Uh, teammate Aaron Savali just got put on the, you know, moved to the 60 day IL. Same thing. I mean, it, it's an draw. easier cut. Yep. Yeah. Him and, and Pablo Lopez both. That's why I didn't really go into too much detail with either because I think they're pretty easy decisions. Yeah, I agree. But I think both, yeah, both automatic cuts. They're not, and they're not aces and they're not special. Um, if you start, that's not nice. Players, that's not nice sorry. to say they're not special. Sorry. They're not special in the, yeah. actually, I had someone, actually, this is a quick sidebar story. I had someone, I was referring, talking about a player earlier this season and I said he had average power. And then someone called me on it and said, like, he has way better than average power. And then I said, that is true in the sense of the entire major league baseball player pool. When I was writing a yard, an article for Yahoo, which is primarily 10 team leagues with some 12 team leagues. Um, mm-hmm. And you factor in head to head leagues, which have super shallow rosters. And I said like among this player at his position of eligibility, he was like, whatever his home run was, whatever it was, you know, 25th or 20th or something out of all the available players. I said, that is, he has average power for a guy who should be rostered in that level of fantasy league. And that's interesting. Like, like I said, like Aaron, we don't do nuance here, Fred. Aaron Savali is not special in the world of starting pitchers in 10 or 12 team fantasy leagues in that, that pool of pitchers, he is not special. So if, if if we were in a twenty team league, his skill set would be fairly special. Yeah, and compared to me and you, very special. Definitely but, special. I could yeah. probably only throw about half as hard as he does. There you go. Yeah, a uh, couple of news items before we sign off today. Jazz Chisholm uh, on the COVID injured list, flu like symptoms, didn't travel with the team to San Diego. He stayed in Colorado. Uh, quietly, Chisholm hasn't been as good lately no. uh, since coming back from his injury. Just he he, he struggled. Uh, still on the season, 11 homers, 11 stolen bases. If you, if you told me at the beginning of the season, you'd get this from him, you'd probably be okay with it. Yeah. I think, I think we all knew, well, we all knew like the 926 OPS in April. Like we all knew that wasn't sustainable. I think most of us knew that with seven steals. Um, like he looked like a potential star and maybe that'll still happen for him someday, like some level of stardom. Uh, but since then, yeah, on and off the injured list, pretty consistent month by month of just having like a 600 ish, 650 ish OPS. So yeah, not, not good, but, but you mix in a little bit of speed. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. Like when he's back, like, if you're looking for a guy, if you don't care too much about batting average and you're looking for someone who can maybe chip in a homer or a steal, you know, periodically along the way, I think he's still kind of useful, but he'll, he'll be definitely be on the boomer bus pick list for next year. Yep. That's for sure. Cause he could, uh, what happened before the injuries in April, like April, he was awesome. And then he played eight games in May and that since then has never been the same. Yep. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, Glaber Torres on the IL with a thumb injury. He, sh- he could have, if you hadn't, if you had written your article a couple days later, you might've mm-hmm. been able to include him. Uh, he, you have to figure with a thumb injury. He's not back until September. It's gotta be at least three or four weeks, right? Uh, I think they're saying 10 to 20 days. I would go to the closer to the 20 that yep. puts him back. Yeah. Close to September. Is it, is it definitely possible that they'll say, you know, in late August, like we're going to get you some rehab games. Um, what, what's interesting about him is he was just starting to turn things around. Uh, he was off to a hot start a little bit, a little bit of a hot start in August. He had 923 OPS through the first eight games and he closed July. Like he's, he was better. So he was starting to turn things around. He has an eight, he's hitting 300 with an 837 OPS since the all-star break. And that was more like what we were expecting 
from Glaber Torres. Uh, also weirdly has six deals since the All-Star break. Six before and six, it said six and 22 games after. So he yeah. was starting to turn things around. I don't sort of, think he's I had mean, one homer in the last 21 days. And, you know, so yeah. he only has six homers on the year. Oh, I know. That. And that's the big thing with him is just where did the power go? Yeah. I mean, unless we're playing in a doubles league, I mean, the, the OPS stat is nice and all, but um, yeah, I don't know. Where did, how far does he drop next year? Oof. Um, He'll get overdrafted because he's on the Yankees. But I would say, so I would say he should drop to like round 18. I'm yeah. thinking 15 team league, something like round 18 off the top of my head. But because he's on the Yankees, I'll say he goes five rounds before that and goes like round 30. And because he's done it and he's still young. So I'm going to say he goes in like 15 team leagues in like round 12, 13. And if anything positive comes out about from Yankees camp about him in spring training, Oh, Torres has hit three home runs in the first league week of grapefruit games. They see he seems to have his power stroke back. Yankees are really excited. Then he'll go right back to like round 10 or something. I'm going to need him. I'm going to need a reason why he added more power, not just that he's hit right. a couple of spring training homers events, crappy minor league pitchers. I can you know. pretty confidently say he will not be on any of my teams next year. Yeah. I mean, well, he's going to have to really drop, uh, but I don't know. It's, it's It'll be interesting. This is going to be a weird offseason with so many. Sh- well, it's going to be a weird offseason oh, for many reasons. <laughs> but uh, so many shortstops on the uh, free agent market, too. We're going to see where everybody lands with this musical musical chairs game. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But uh, there you go. Uh, before we sign off, anything else you want to finish up with here? Uh, no, on the Yankees front, um, Andrew Velasquez is an interesting guy. Okay. Um, stealing bases. In, so he's up now with Torres on the IL. Um, he started at shortstop yesterday. Um, I think uh, he has, I believe, if I have the number right, he has 26 steals in the minors this season. So if you're looking for late season steals, maybe he could be your guy for two or three weeks. Um, Andres Jimenez is also up. And remember, we all, well, a lot of people yeah. liked him and or were interested in him. He was going, he was going inside the first 10 rounds at one point in March. It was, he's beaten out Ahmed Rosario. He's going to be their shortstop. He's going to hit high in the lineup. And he was going inside the first 10 rounds. And then he totally stunk. He spent a lot of time in the minors, but he's back now. He's hitting ninth, which takes away some of my enthusiasm for him. Sure. Uh, but, but again, late season steals. Like, we'll just see. And maybe they give him some chances. If he gets some hits, maybe they could give him some chances higher in the lineup because, as we said, they're they're squarely thinking about 2022. And he should be a part of it for them. Andrew Velasquez or Yanni Hernandez of the Rangers, if you're looking for stolen base goofs? I'm not a – I guess – I guess – I guess Hernandez probably has more staying power because it's the Rangers. Yeah, I think he's like the shortstop version of Jason Tyner. I'm – I'm not interested. Yeah, but, I, look, uh, I'm not I, really. I'm not loving either one of them, but I, I might go. I'd have to look a little more. Velasquez just came on my radar this morning, so luckily mm-hmm. it's not Sunday. But I might go Velasquez and just hope that at least he's helpful for the rest of the month. Yeah, yeah, I can right? see that. Like if you could get four steals out of him the rest of the month, and then you just cut him when Torres yeah. comes back, that yeah. I would be okay with that. Yeah. I, and that, that's really the problem is, I mean, the real answer is neither, but you have to choose one um, or Jimenez for that matter too. Uh, same thing. Jimenez is interesting too, because he, he, for some reason he couldn't, he wasn't allowed to make that trip to Canada. He's establishing yeah. some sort of residency thing. I don't know why it doesn't apply to every other player in baseball, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so it goes. Uh, there you have it there. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to close up today's shop. Uh, good talking about cutting injured stars. 
hopefully that uh, this you find some of these things helpful. Please let us send us feedback. Let us know what you want us to cover down the stretch run here. There's any other you know, greater concepts that we need to cover. Want to thank WinBet for the sponsorship. Thank you guys for listening. We got uh, Clay and James tomorrow at the Prospect Podcast. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to RotoWire. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.